You are listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. There are going to be a lot of great things going on this summer at Collective, so make sure you are following us on social media at My Collective Church to stay in the loop. Now let's get into Sunday's message. As a kid growing up, part of my childhood was in Columbus, Indiana, exactly halfway between Indianapolis and Louisville, and the house that we lived in had one bedroom that was down in the basement. Me and my older brother got to share that bedroom, and it was great, except for it was an unfinished basement. Dark, creepy, scary for kids like us. It had that musty smell. Maybe, you know, it's like a mix of your grandma and impending mold all mixed into one. And we used to tell each other, that's where the bad guys are. And maybe it was our imagination, but as kids, those dark, creepy places were creepy, And our parents knew that we were baseball boys, so one time they took us on a trip to the Louisville Slugger Baseball Museum. We went nuts. We thought it was awesome. We got to watch where they made the bats that the real pros actually used. And what we didn't know is that the gift store sold many replica bats that you could take home 18 inches of dreams to make you feel like you were a major leaguer, too. Each one of us kids got to take one of these bats home, and I imagine, in general, these bats get played with for a while, and then they get shoved into a box somewhere, but not us. We kept ours right by our sides, literally. We slept with these bats in our beds each and every single night, because if the bad guys came out of that creepy basement, we were prepared. And every night before we went to bed, we made up these wild, elaborate stories about bad guys coming to catch us, steal our family, and we would always save the day with our Louisville Slugger baseball bats. It's one of our favorite memories together. He was the best man at my wedding, and he told that story to the delight of family and friends that were gathered there, and we always look back on that and laugh, and we thought... We're so cool and brave. Look at us protecting the family, protecting each other. But every night, we fell asleep. We really did have good intentions to stand guard. And sure, we were kids, and it's a cool story, and thankfully nothing ever happened. But really, it was just a bunch of talk to make us feel better about ourselves. And that can be the same sentiment for the series that we are in as well, a bunch of talk to make us feel better about ourselves, pump us up on a Sunday if there is no action with it. And we want this series to lead to growth in tangible ways that wisdom is being displayed into your daily life and put into action. And so today we want to look at the main verse that we're going to be studying. It's Proverbs 4.23, and very simply, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Above all else, guard your heart. Satan cares deeply about your heart. It's an interesting thought. I don't know if you have pondered that or not before. The Bible teaches us that Satan is the adversary, and Jesus himself calls Satan the father of lies, 
a thief, and a tempter. But Satan cares so very much about your heart. He is vengeful for your heart. That's why he's willing to lie, steal, kill, and destroy for the affection of your heart. He cares so much about your heart that he's going to continually remind you of your past suffering, your pain, and your failures, and wants to keep you living in that so that you don't experience the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. He cares about the old wounds and creating new ones in your heart. And on the contrary, Jesus cares about your heart as well, and both Satan and Jesus care about the condition of your heart for entirely different reasons. Jesus is willing to enter into that suffering, that pain, those failures of your life, and bring those to the surface, even if it means feeling those wounds again, so that you can experience the freedom he offers. The author Luke in the Bible tells us that Jesus has come to seek and save what is lost, and John tells us that Jesus has come to give us a life to the full. But that full life doesn't come if we're holding on to things in our heart that don't belong. And some of us in the room might be holding on to and guarding parts of our heart that we're never meant to carry alone. And some of us might need to give parts of our heart over to God and let him do the healing, even if it temporarily hurts. When I was living in Uganda in East Africa, I got the chance to run a marathon while I was there, which might sound great, but it was actually a very demoralizing experience. And so after the race was over, I took some time to just rest and recover. And then one day I was looking at myself and I noticed that my stomach was starting to grow. Back to work here. Time to put some miles in. But then I looked a little little deeper, and I was like, there's only one side of my stomach that's starting to grow. Bulging might be a more accurate term of what was happening. And so long story short, I knew that I had a sports hernia. I had one as a kid, and now I had one as well. And this is basically when there is a hole in your abdominal wall, and all of your abdomen slowly start pressing up against your skin and start pushing outside of that hole. A hernia. In Uganda. A hernia that requires surgery in the place where I lived, in my village, the women gave birth on the dirt floor at the medical clinic. Surgery. I mean, at least I went to the capital city, like a real hospital where they kept their records on pen and paper. And we don't have time for all the details. It's a pretty funny story. But I willingly signed up for myself for this and let them fix me. And then I woke up after it was over. That might be putting it too nicely. I was shaken awake by the nurse. And she said, hey, can you walk? I think so. Good. Your ride's in the parking lot. Don't forget to pay your $1.3 million and pick up your pharmacy on the way out. And that's how it went. I, I honestly, I don't know if they fixed anything or not, if they just let me fall asleep and took my money, which is about $450 US dollars, just to put that in perspective for you. They didn't take anything out. I was told that they put a small piece of uh, metal wiring into my body to fix the problem. I don't know if that's true or not. I've never set off the metal detector at an airport, but in general, I feel pretty good. 
Now, maybe you're asking yourself, especially if you're a parent and you have your own kids, like, CT, why on earth would you do that? What are you thinking? I'm a why not guy, not a what if guy, sometimes to a fault, but I knew I needed it. There was something wrong with my body that was progressively getting worse and worse the longer I held on to it, and I knew that there was something that didn't belong, and even though it was going to hurt to fix this problem, it was the best decision for my overall health. So collective... I have a couple of questions this morning. Are you holding on to pain? Pain that's not fully yours to carry anymore. Something that you did to somebody else. Something that was done to you. Are you living in shame? Shame of being found out. Secrets you are hiding Is there something that you need to own up to? The big Christianese word for this is to confess of that. But think for just a second about an infection. If you have an infection, to fully clean that wound, you first need to do that process before it becomes healthy. Above all else, guard your heart. If there's anything in your heart that doesn't belong, you don't have to hold on to that any longer. And you might need to clear some things out of your heart that don't belong, some things such as maybe not seeking forgiveness when you are in the wrong. Or if somebody comes to you contrite with an apology, not accepting that and not moving towards peace. Maybe it's bitterness, resentment, hate, Sins that you know are separating you from God. Maybe it's your family. It could be a number of different things, but I want to tell you why this is so important by introducing you to Takatsubo cardiomyopathy. There you go, those academics again, making up words that nobody can pronounce, let alone even understand what it is. Now listen, I'm a professor. I'm in that world. It is highly annoying, but this principle is really fascinating, and you probably already know what it is. In your own life, in large and small ways, you have experienced grief and pain and sadness, and you also know what fear is. Now imagine for just a second, this is completely made up. Don't come up to me after service and talk to me about this. This is fictitious. Imagine if on my phone I have secret things that I'm hiding from my wife, secret texts that don't belong, secret images that are dangerous to the health of our marriage, and she comes up to me and she's like, hey, I lost my phone. Can I use yours? I'm going to say yes, but also... I'm going to start sweating like I'm at the middle school dance again, right? Because I'm in fear of being found out. And there's a doctor. His name is Dr. Sandeep Jahoor, and he is a heart specialist. And he tells us that there is a record of our emotional lives that is written on our physical hearts. And two of those most prevalent emotions are fear and grief. It is increasingly clear that our hearts are extraordinarily sensitive to our emotions, and this is where Takatsubo cardiomyopathy comes in, literally and physically. This huge term refers to how your heart changes in size and shape based on the emotions you are experiencing. 
Emotions can and do have a direct physical effect on your heart. Your heart balloons in size based on emotions you're feeling, especially fear and grief and those negative emotions that come with that. And this is what is known as Takatsubo cardiomyopathy. And temporarily, this can be caused by things like gambling, domestic disputes, natural disasters, even a surprise birthday party can do this. However, a prolonged state of fear and grief and negative emotions leads to dangerous physical changes in the shape and condition of your heart. And as you can see, your heart grows in size, which might sound like a good thing, but it's actually dangerous because it makes your heart work harder and becomes less efficient. Happy emotions also change the heart in size and shape as well, just in different ways than negative emotions. And Dr. Jahor shares that broken hearts are literally and figuratively deadly. In a direct quote from him, emotional stress, I have learned, is often a matter of life and death. It is not good for us to hold on to fear, grief, sadness, and other negative emotions for the state of our physical heart, but also for our spiritual heart as well. So if there is something that is coming to mind in these first few minutes of our message today that you're realizing that you are holding on to that thing and you need to let go of it, talk to somebody about it. Who is in your core? Who is somebody that you trust? Who can you text right now or after service and say, hey, we need to find a time to talk. Are you available today? Who's a mentor, somebody you can reach out to that helps hold you accountable, a trusted friend or family member that you can have a conversation with? And if those people don't exist, that's okay. Right after service is over, I will be right down here, happy to talk to you if that applies. I will not be in the lobby after service. You can come find me or a trusted team member. We'll be here to talk to you and walk alongside you in your journey. You can stay in the auditorium. You can walk out and come back in, but it's discreet. We want to help you. And I'm not trying to create anything that doesn't exist. So if this doesn't apply to you, go buy your Maryland flag t-shirt, enjoy your Sunday, and that's great. But if you need to talk to somebody, I will be right down here, and you can come up after service is over. But to summarize the first part of our message this morning, guarding our hearts starts with recognizing what is in there that doesn't belong and actively working to remove it. And once we have done that, then we're ready to passionately and actively stand firm in guarding what we allow in. We're going to look back at that verse we just read, plus a few of the verses that surround it. This is going to come from Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 27. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them, and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And here, King Solomon is treating us as his own child, not because we are immature, but out of his love for us and how he wants what is best for us. My child, listen carefully. 
at home in our household with our young girls, when we want to make sure that they're listening and we have something important to tell them, we actually tell them, hey, turn on your listening ears, and they will respond with, and it's this little thing that we do to make sure they know that they're listening, and the same sentiment is there. It's the same idea. Turn your ears on and make sure you hear these words. Write them down. Memorize them. Let them sink deep into your heart because this is where life is found. Above everything else that you do, guard your heart. This is more important than your job, more important than sporting activities you or your family may be involved in, your daily activities, school, vacation. This is not passive or reactive. It requires work and it's hard. It's all of those things and so much more. And so very simply, today's action is to stand guard over your heart. Keep it safe from harm or danger. Watch over it closely. Protect it. This is your action. And maybe this conjures up some images of parents protecting their kids or mama bears and their cubs or soldiers protecting during the time of war. And I would say that all of those images are accurate because we are instructed to guard our heart. Like your life depends on it because we know that it's the wellspring of our life because we know that everything we do flows from it. I told you earlier that Jesus cares about your heart deeply so and it's true and we're finding that evident here in Proverbs but it's also evident in so many other places in the Bible and this is just a small glimpse of what you can find. Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 147.3, this is God speaking. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Ezekiel 36.26, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Isaiah 26, 8, Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. Perhaps most convicting for me is Matthew 12, 34, and this tells us that out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. What is in your heart determines what you say. If you want to know who you are, listen to how you talk. And if that sounds familiar, Pastor Michael walked us through that verse last week, and he showed us how our words can bring life or death. So very simply, did the words that you spoke in the last seven days bring life or death? And carrying that over today to the condition of your heart, what's in your heart? Life or death? I'll never forget the time our oldest came up to me and she asked me for something. I forget what she asked, but I will never forget her response because I said no. And then immediately she turns to mom and she says, see, mommy, I told you he would say no. He always says no. It was like a verbal shot right here from the innocence of a child that exposed part of my heart. So collective, how are you doing at guarding what you let into your heart? What are you allowing into your heart through the shows that you watch? Horror, rage, jealousy, pointless drama? 
somebody looked at your phone, what would they find? The conversations you and your friends are having, you teaching you anything about gossip and how it might be okay in certain situations, or uh, we're going to compare ourselves to that person to make myself feel better about who I am. What would a child in their innocence tell you about the condition of your heart? And like me, would that be a shocking wake-up call? What we allow our eyes to see and our ears to hear comes out because what enters the heart also flows from it. And if you don't like the answer to those questions that we just asked, then maybe it's time to start to fight. Conjure up those mental images we talked about earlier, parents, mama bears, and soldiers. And one thing I like to say a lot is you are ridiculously in charge of your own decisions and actions. So take charge of what you're letting in. Be active, be aggressive, and be on purpose. Start with embracing the good instead of the bad. Read your Bible, pray, be vulnerable to God. God, I'm mad at you. I'm scared. I'm lonely. Be vulnerable to God and trusted others. And also, as we are in this series, learning about wisdom, read the book of Proverbs with us. We know that gaining biblical wisdom gives us a better and more peaceful life and a better way to live. And I think that's something we can all agree that we want. Guarding our hearts is just as much about the good that we let in as it is about the bad that we want to keep away. And just down the road from us is a really good example of what this looks like. And we take D.C. for granted, our nation's capital, but not being from here, I can tell you that Washington, D.C. is a very big deal for people who don't get to go there whenever we want. And one place you may or not have been to before is Arlington National Cemetery. I myself have never been there, but I do know that soldiers guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. And as a way to honor the unknown soldier who has died in sacrifice for us over our nation's history, soldiers have been guarding this tomb for nearly 100 years. It started in 1926 during daylight hours, and then it became a 24-7 presence in 1937. The 3rd Infantry Regiment is known as the Old Guard, and they have the responsibility of guarding the tomb, and potential soldiers go through a strict selection process and intensive training where everything matters. There's a daily 5 a.m. inspection of their living quarters and a meticulous detailed inspection of every aspect of their uniform and firearm. Their regiment motto is, my standard will remain perfection. And there's more stories that I could share about this, but I think we're starting to get the point. Everything matters. Everything is done on purpose. There's no accidents. There's no days off. And if you need further proof, just go to YouTube and look up some videos of them reacting when people get too close or move beyond the visitor's boundaries. Soldiers who are on guard are very swift and purposeful in their response. And in the same way, Guard your heart. We know that Satan cares about our heart. We know that Jesus cares about our heart. So much so that both are willing to put death on the line for the affection of yours. 
So as we wrap up today, let's get to work. Throw on your metaphorical boxing gloves and let's get after it. This week, we're going to watch what we say because we know that our words can bring life or death. We're going to admit and own up to our mistakes to God and to those involved. Screen time isn't going to be the same anymore because I'm going to say no to that series and embrace something that's better for me. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to be real with God. And I'm going to spend time and give purpose to those in my life who build me up. We're literally fighting to change the shape and size of our physical and spiritual hearts. So collective, let's go get after it this week. Pray with me. God, we love you. Thank you for today. I thank you that you gave us a heart that is responsive. You said you took away that stony heart, and you gave us a different, responsive heart, one that responds to you, to the people around us, a heart that feels and has emotions. God, we thank you for that heart. But we also know that that heart can get lost with fears or worries or grief or sadness. And so, God, I pray we give to you what we are not meant to carry alone and clean out whatever doesn't belong. And then we are active in standing guard this week over our heart because we know it matters above all else. We know it's the wellspring of life and it determines our future path. In your son's name, amen.